It's time for this week's Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5. It's brought to you by Serve Pro of Champaign-Urbana, providing damage restoration and cleaning from water, fire, mold, and storms. Serve Pro, make it like it never even happened. Tonight's in-depth look at area high school football is also powered by the Fighting Illini Army ROTC at the University of Illinois, forging strong leaders since 1868. Now, here is your host, Colin Lycan. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the U of I ROTC. Let's try that again. <laughs> Surf Pro Prep Football Confidential Radio Show powered by U of I Army ROTC. We have two sponsors. you got to get them in order. Actually, I think I ended last week's show by mixing up the sponsors in, in order, too. So it's fitting that we start this one with the wrong order as well. Just to get their names in, Colin. That's all that matters. The, that is all they probably care about. You've uh, heard the voice of Matt Daniels, sports editor, filling in more or less, at least from a vocal perspective, for Joey Wright tonight. He will be uh, back next week. Kathy Reiser on the board tonight. Kathy also filling in for Joey for his uh, non-vocal part of the show. <laughs> Although if Kathy wants to chip in on the football side, we will certainly welcome that as well. But Kathy, Kathy's mailbag yeah exactly so if you you have any mailbag questions i guess you could send those in too but we are definitely going to talk some high school football for the next hour here Uh, we're going to kick off with muhammad seymour coach john adkins who weighed in yesterday their team always practices from 6 to 8 p.m during weekdays so couldn't have him live on the show tonight but got some good thoughts from him leading up to their week three game against mount zion we're also going to be joined later on in the show by salt fork football coach joe hagman Paxton Buckley Loda football coach Josh Pritchard, as well as a trio of Centennial football players, Donovan Chambers, Jacob Bailey, and Joel Myrick, coming off of last week's big win over Peoria Manual, in which the Chargers scored 55 unanswered points. We'll also unveil our latest offensive line of the week as well as our top 10 that will appear in thursday's news gazette so that's it we really have no time to waste (laughs) in this hour-long show that has three breaks so let's go ahead and jump into our first segment as i said john adkins muhammad seymour football coach his team is coming off a 35 14 win over effingham in week two let's hear what he had to say about the bulldogs leading into week three glad to be joined now in the surf pro prep football confidential radio show powered by the u of i army rotc by muhammad seymour football coach john adkins whose program is coming off a double-digit score victory over Effingham last week, improving to 2-0 and overall on the young season. John, thanks so much for being part of our show this week. Yeah, thanks, Colin. I appreciate you having me. And, John, we've asked a lot of you uh, early on in this season. You're part of our first ever, uh, the program, basically our kind of play on the, the, the whole Hard Knocks series. We've been highlighting you for the last few weeks in Tuesday's News Gazette. And we're getting kind of meta here, having me talk to you about this. But just going through this, we're highlighting different parts of your guys' program and what makes the Bulldogs tick each week. How, how exciting has this kind of been for you to, to show off the program in this way? Yeah, it's been awesome. You know, again, any any time that we get a chance to to showcase, you know, our kids uh, per se, you know, and, and all their hard work and effort. And then on top of that, like you said, you're kind of taking it a step further and we're getting community members involved and we're getting coaches, wives and, and assistant coaches and bus drivers and field maintenance people. Again, it's just awesome for our community as a whole to to kind of get that recognition, um, you know, like you said, uh, about our program as a whole, because it does. It it, it takes an entire village um, to, to be successful. And like I said, you guys are doing an awesome job, and we appreciate it, of, of kind of highlighting 
uh, those behind the scenes people that maybe don't get as much recognition as, you know, the touchdowns that are in the paper. You guys are making us look good so far for, for choosing you to highlight because you're two and zero, as I said, uh, coming off a 35, 14 win over Effingham to open Apollo conference play. You scored the first 28 points against the flaming hearts, uh, 457 yards against Effingham's 168. I mean, just looking at the stats, it felt like everything kind of went the way you would want it to in a game like this. Uh, is that how the eye test showed it as well? <laughs> well, I, I will say we we did some things well. Um, we, we certainly did on both sides of the ball. Again, I, I was extremely proud of our coaching staff um, for the adjustments that they made and, and then certainly our kids, um, you know, buying in and, and executing those adjustments. Um, so you're right. From a stats perspective, it, it certainly looks good. And, again, anytime you can get a win, um, is always a good thing. You know, it was still week two, and then we could tell at times, you know, we still have some things we have to clean up and some mistakes we have to fix. Uh, but, again, after two weeks, you know, we're, we feel like we're playing pretty good football for the most part, and, and as long as we continue to come back to work each day, um, you know, we're going to continue to keep getting better and, and continue on this journey um, and, and try to reach our goals that we have for this program. And looking at the offensive side of the ball, I mean, the goals from the start, you know, before you guys played your first game, we talked to some of your kids. They mentioned how you're looking forward to lighting up the scoreboards. And, you know, when Wyatt Baum goes 16-29 for 311 yards and four touchdowns and has two receivers over 100 yards receiving a piece, uh, that's kind of a recipe for success, I would say. Uh, this offense, uh, is there still room for improvement with this group of guys? Yeah, there's always room for improvement, you know, and and until hopefully we're hosting a trophy uh, above our head after week 14, you know, there's always going to be room for improvement. And and again, hats off to Wyatt and our offense as a whole. I was proud of a lot of things um, that they did Friday night. Effingham is a great ball club, and, and they did some things to us in the box defensively that kind of gave us some fits and, and some troubles, and, and you'll notice – you know, we kind of struggled to get the running game going there in the first half, uh, again, due, due to some coaching, you know, adjustments and, and, and player adjustments. You know, we, were came, we came out in the second half and, and were able to fix that and felt really good about our, our running game in, in the second half. But, again, you know, we had to make some adjustments because of what Effingham was doing. And, and certainly Wyatt, you know, and our skill kids were involved in that. Um, you know, they, they were blitzing a lot, bringing a lot of pressure. Wyatt was kind of under duress at times. Uh, but, again, anytime he's got the ball in his hands, uh, you know he's going to make something happen. And, again, he, he stood in there and delivered a couple nice balls, uh, one of them down the sideline to Quentin Rogers' toe tap. It was a great play. Uh, the long touchdown pass he had to Valiant Wall, she was rolling left and threw back right. Just incredible plays. And then certainly, like I said, you know, our coaching staff made some adjustments and, and, and threw some nice screen calls uh, at the right time, again, due to all of their blitzing that they were doing. Um, and like I said, anytime we can get our, our athletes the ball in space, uh, they're bound to determine and make some, make some things happen. Talking with John Adkins, Muhammad Seymour, football coach. And the way you just described that to me, obviously what Wyatt can do throwing the ball and what Quentin and Valiant Walsh can do, uh, you know, both receiving and just playmaking in general is huge to what this offense wants to do, as is Luke Johnson's rushing abilities. But it sounds to me like those offensive linemen, those big boys up front, got a really good test against Effingham. And it uh, seems like they deserve some, some praise moving forward, especially considering the schedule's not going to get any easier for you guys. Absolutely, and and certainly we can talk about you know the the gauntlet that that we've had to go through and and still are going to go through uh, as far as the schedule is concerned. But you're absolutely right, man. Those those 
those big guys up front, they, they played an incredible ball game Friday night. And, and, and certainly that's why, you know, we, we have the, the dogs of the week, um, essentially a spinoff off of players of the game. Um, and our dogs of the week this week were, were our three interior linemen, our, our center Tyson Finch, uh, left guard McCain Didier and right guard Marshall Bacher. And again, you know, everybody can look at the stats and, and say maybe it should have been Wyatt or Quentin or Val or, or Luke or whatever. Um, but man, those three kids, they played an incredible ball game, um, on Friday. Again, under all the duress that they were under and, and the twist and stunts that they had to pick up. And then, like I said, for as much screens as we throw, those three release on, on every screenplay that we have. And again, you see the highlights. Marshall's downfield, Tyson and McCain are downfield, making great blocks on, on DBs and corners and linebackers. And again, just extremely proud of our offensive unit as a whole, our coaching staff, and then certainly in this case, uh, those five guys up front. And then switching to the defensive side, looking at the stat sheet from Effingham, uh, just some names of guys that maybe we don't hear or see as much. Ben Wagner, type of the team lead in tackles and also had a sack. Donovan Lewis with a sack. Javon Irwin with a sack. Uh, this, this multifaceted defense, yet again, really impressing for you guys, and it just seems that it's spreading uh, throughout pretty much anybody you put on the field. Yeah, I mean, you you said it best there. And, and again, as, as explosive and, and as talented as our offense is, and they are, don't get me wrong, um, I've said it since day number one. I, I think I think our better side of the ball is is our defensive side. And, and like you said, you know, the names of, of Jack Gallier and, and Mateo Casillas and, and certainly Nick Golden, you know, we had some unsung heroes that we knew were going to have breakout seasons. And in this case, you know, breakout first, you know, week one and, and week two games. Uh, I mentioned to everybody before the season started, I can't wait for them to watch uh, you know, Ben Wagner and, and Brendan Hauser play football, uh, our middle linebacker, and then our other stack backer opposite of uh, of Nick. And, you know, I could see, you know, Nick being maybe frustrated um, because his stats certainly aren't what they were last year at, at this time, um, whereas Ben and, and, and Brendan are kind of getting the, the load of the tackle, so to speak. Uh, but, again, that, that's a testament to Nick and his ability to play. I, shoot, I wouldn't run at Nick. Uh, I would certainly run to to the untested uh, or unsung heroes at the time, you know, to to their side, and that's exactly what's happened through week one and week two, and and those kids are making those plays, and so again, you know, they're eventually going to have to kind of pick their poison, and do I still run at Brennan and and, and Ben, or do I go back and and try to run at the honorable mention, you know, all stater, and and again, that's it's it's. It's tough. It's extremely tough to go against our defense. You know, you mentioned the, the addition of Donovan Lewis and just what he's done for our secondary, flying around in, in the backfield and making some plays on some balls in the air. Uh, just couldn't be prouder of, of that side of the ball. Again, our coaching staff, Coach Turk, Coach Murphy, and Coach Lewis doing an incredible job uh, with that with that side of the ball, those group of guys, uh, and just look to continue that success as we move forward. Team. John Atkins, mom and Seymour football coach. You can catch his team at Mount Zion on Friday night, week three, Apollo Conference game, trying to go 3-0 and on the season are the Bulldogs. John, thanks again for being part of our show, and uh, good luck on Friday night. Appreciate it, Colin. Thank you. 
Butch here. When an electrical fire in your office causes extensive smoke and fire damage, or that musty odor indicates you might have a mold problem, you need a lot more than just help cleaning up. That's why SurfPro of Champaign-Urbana is your one-stop shop when disaster strikes. We offer all the cleanup and construction services to take your home or business from post-disaster to as good as new as soon as possible. So no matter what happens, you only need to make one call. Call SurfPro of Champaign-Urbana at 217-355-0077 to see how we can help you make it like it never even happened. This week's Serve Pro Champagne and Vermillion County High School Prep Football Confidential continues now on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5, powered by the Fighting Illini Army ROTC at the University of Illinois. 614, welcome back to the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show, powered by U of I Army ROTC. I am Colin Likas with Matt Daniels and Kathy Reiser. You're with us for another 45 minutes or so. Plenty more prep football to talk about. Uh, of course, we'll make mention as Joey Wright, the disembodied voice of Joey Wright, said. Our, our next uh, News Gazette Game of the Week on the radio, coming on Friday night in Villa Grove when the Blue Devils host Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond in what projects as an intriguing Lincoln Prairie Conference game. You can see a line I commit Caden Fagan, and you can find out who the News Gazette staff picked to win that game <laughs> in tomorrow's paper, as that's one of the ten games that go into our weekly predictions. It's Matt, who did you pick? Uh, I, think, <laughs> I think I'm going with Villa Grove. I did too. Going, uh, I was copying Collins picks after he went 10-0 and 0 last week. I disagreed on a few, but uh, <laughs> I like what Heath Wilson's program can do. And uh, if this podcast find, if this show and, and podcast find its way down to Arthur, I'm sure the Knights will have some, some bulletin board material. But it's pretty split among our panel. It's mm-hmm. not uh, yep. lopsided by any means. So looking forward to that game. Yeah, one game that we didn't pick this week, although that's probably would have made for some interesting picking, is Salt Fork against Seneca. Both of those teams 2-0 and to start the season. Uh, should be a really interesting Saturday game in a Vermilion Valley Conference crossover, and we are joined now by one of the coaches who will be on the sidelines for those games, Storm Coach Joe Hagman, who, as I said, their team is 2-0, and coming off a win last week over Moments, 42-7. to Joe, thanks so much for being part of the show this week. Thank you, Colin. Appreciate it. I know when you guys came in for our media days uh, early last month, uh, we talked about the expectations for this team. The fact that you guys are off to a 2-0 start, but also you've uh, racked up 90 points in those two games. You've allowed a total of uh, 26 points defensively. Is this about as good as you expected, or is there more on the table for this group? Uh, You know, I've been real pleased with how we started. Um, You know, I think... uh, uh, you know, offensively, we just had to replace a few bodies up front and, and get the offensive line gelled together. And, you know, defensively, we brought back um, a lot of players on defense. Um, and so, you know, I, I kind of felt like we should be pretty good on that side of the ball. Um, I think um, I think if our kids will keep working, I, 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 think they're, they're, I think there's some room for improvement. But we're definitely off to a good start. And like I said, for the first two games of the year, I'm very pleased with the way we've played. Joe, who wins in a 40-yard dash, you or one of your running backs? <laughs> Them every day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> How nice is it to have just the speed you have there and, and Ben Jessup, Ethan McClain, others that, that you can uh, you know hand the ball off to? Uh, you know, it, it's a huge difference maker. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, obviously, certainly it's something that, uh, you know, is not a not not something we're we're coaching. You know they were they came in that way and and you know and they can uh, they can take uh, a simple play and turn it into a big play and as a as you know as a play caller it's a great luxury to have. 
Uh, sticking with the offensive side of the ball, Jamison Remley, your starting quarterback this year, um, he hasn't had to throw the ball a ton, but the fact that he's 5 of 7 for 132 and two touchdowns through two games, I mean, this just bodes well, I feel like, down the line. I know you're going to probably want to lean into that running attack, especially with how talented those running backs are for you guys, but... Uh, Jamison seems like the type of kid who, if you guys get in a spot where the run game is struggling to get going, he can make some things happen with the receivers like Garrett Taylor, Ethan McLean, and Braden Maskell. Uh, Jamison, Jamison is a is a has really good arm talent. Uh, you know, as a sophomore, um, we were interested to see how he would handle you know the the pressure playing you know varsity football, and he has uh, you know definitely exceeded expectations in the first two games. Uh, you know, the nice thing when you have a good staple of running backs, when you have a young quarterback is you can protect him a little bit early and, you know, set up play action. So his, his throws are just, you know, that much easier early in the season, get him a little confidence. And, you know, and I think as Jameson continues to play and, and grow into that position, um, you know, our ability to throw the ball will only, I think, increase as we move forward. Joe, how important was it for you guys to get off to such a great start last Friday night at Moment? She come away with a forty-two-seven win, and I believe it was thirty-four uh, nothing late in the first quarter. Just what did that able to do? Just to maybe rest some of your starters, and I'm sure have just a, a happy bus ride back to uh, to Catlin. Well, you know, when we talked to the kids about you know uh, dealing with the road trip, um, you know, we we didn't fare very well with those at the end of last year, and so you know we kind of challenged them a little bit, headed up there, and you know. To, to come off the bus ready to play and to get off to a good start and, and you know I'll give uh, I'll give our kids a lot of credit they met that challenge and and I would say exceeded you know our expectations as far as getting off to a good start but yeah it's it's it was great to see and like I said it, it was nice to be able to a get some of the older kids off fields let them rest a little bit and also get some of the young kids that you know just have to practice a lot and they'll get a play a ton on Friday or Saturday night to, you know get them out there let them play a little bit. Talking with Salt Fork football coach Joe Hagman. And uh, Joe, one guy I mentioned as a receiving option for Jamison Remley, of course, is Garrett Taylor, uh, the individual who I'm sure terrifies opposing <laughs> defenses as a tight end and then terrifies opposing offenses as a linebacker. 6'6, 255, two time shot put state champion master of the amazing sunburn that the, we saw the, gnarly, <laughs> the gnarliest sunburn i think we've ever seen from state track yeah from garrett taylor just just an all-around tough kid really nice kid but really tough physical athletic kid to have a kid like that at your disposal i know you have a lot of good athletes on this team but to have a kid like that who is just so dynamic as an athlete how much of a game changer is he for salt fork football oh you know it's huge i mean you know like i said you know offensively he presents a, a huge target. He's, you know, he's a matchup problem in, you know, 1A football because of his size and his athleticism to catch the ball. And then, you know, when you turn it around to the other side, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a hard, he's a hard kid to get blocked because of his size and his wingspan. Um, and, you know, he, uh, you definitely see in him, he, you know, he's the youngest of three brothers and you can see, you know, that, you know, that competitive drive in the family. And, you know, he, you could tell that maybe growing up that, uh, when he wasn't always the biggest, maybe he got he got the the short end of the stick a little bit, and he's uh, he's definitely uh, making up for that now. Well, Joe, you guys host Seneca this this Saturday at, at one p.m. In, in Catlin. I already had a Saturday game uh, in in your Week One game against Dwight, a forty-eight thirteen win for for you in the Storm. Four Saturday games this fall. I guess what do you and the coaches do on Friday nights when you guys play Saturday, and what's that like having so many Saturday games? 
Well, you know, it's definitely odd, uh, you know, because of the no school and no routine. So, um, you know, on a typical Friday, we'll uh, we'll have practice. We'll get the kids together and have a team meal. And then mm-hmm. we normally try to go to find someplace to scout. But um, this Friday, we're actually going to have a – we're having our second – uh, evening of K four flag football, so we got about seventy five nice. kindergartners through fourth graders coming out to the high school football field. We're going to flip on the lights and let them run around and play a little flag football under the lights with the high school kids. Gotcha. What is that like too? Just having four Saturday games. Just the uh, uh, obviously once the playoffs roll around, that's when the majority of the games are. But I'm I'm sure that's just an adjustment for for you and the players all. It is. You know. I mean. I think. Uh, you know. You know, I, I think, you know, when you when you grow up and you think about football and high school football, you think about Friday nights and Friday night lights and playing under the lights and, you know, and having to make that adjustment to Saturday, you know, is, is definitely is definitely hard, you know, hard for the kids. I mean, I think they enjoy the Friday nights. Um, and obviously early in the year, you know, one of the things uh, from a coaching standpoint that always is a concern is, is how much hotter is it going to be mm-hmm. on Saturday at noon or one o'clock as opposed to seven o'clock in the evening when the sun's starting to go down and so you know making sure your kids are prepared to you know battle through the heat situations also is, a, is another challenge it presents that mm-hmm. early in the year and just looking at your opponent across the field for that game joe's uh, a seneca team that sounds to be highly improved i was told coming into the season to kind of expect them to be a team to watch for in that vvc north conference and so far they've kind of lived up to that billing uh you guys had a pretty good run of things going in the vvc north last year I'm uh, pretty sure you finished undefeated in the VVC North games, if I'm not mistaken. But what do you know about this Seneca team, and what's kind of the game plan for trying to slow them down? Um, you know, they they are. You know, they they played a bunch of young kids last year. It was it was a very sophomore and junior laden team. They're a T formation. You know, kind of almost foot to foot, old school type football team. And you know what they run is is uh, you know is is not overly complicated but man they, they're well coached and they run it really well offensively and it's they hide the ball it's hard to find the ball um you know i think the quarterback they have coming back is is one of the best we'll see all year uh, as far as not only his ability to handle the ball but just his overall athleticism their year bigger and stronger up front um you know i think the biggest difference last year was we scored right before half got a kickoff start second half kind of expanded into a two touchdown lead and then actually forced a fumble on the ensuing kickoff and got, you know, got away from them a little bit and tried to, and that forced them offensively maybe into doing things that they're not as comfortable doing. But, you know, that's a, that's a really talented football team. I, you know, I really, I really think that's a three, a three, a playoff football team come the end of the year. And, and I kind of agree. I mean, I think that, you know, they definitely are a threat to win the Northern half of that conference. So, you know, like I said, it's a, it'll be a, I think it'll be a great high school football game Saturday. Obviously, coaching runs in your family, Joe. Just how much fun are you having with your dad, Spud, still uh, associated with Salt Fork football? Uh, you know, it, it's it's. Uh, Does he give the head coach any it's... grief at all? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he yeah, no, he doesn't. He's pretty good. Uh, no, he uh, he always offers advice, but ne- never too much grief. Uh, you know, it's just what what a great experience to be able to you know to be able to coach with my dad still and you know how long he's been doing it and you know it's amazing to see uh, you know here's a guy who's 53 years on the sidelines and you know our, our kids have treat him with the utmost respect and when he speaks they listen and you know it's just uh it's it's personally it's it's very satisfying but you know 
for him, I know that how much he enjoys being around the kids and being out there. And like I said, if you know, if you think about 53 years, it's kind of amazing to think about somebody being in one place that long and doing something that long. Joe Higman, Salt Fork football coach. You can catch his team in week three on Saturday afternoon, 1 p.m. in Catlin against Seneca. Joe, thanks again for making some time, and good luck to you and the boys on Saturday afternoon. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it very much, Colin. You have a good day. Yeah, you too, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Bye now. Well, uh, Salt Fork just might check in in the first half of our top ten countdown this week, which we'll go ahead and dive into before we take our next break. Uh, just looking outside, I just saw some Tuscola offensive linemen come in. and uh, not going to have them on the radio tonight, but they were the honorees last week as our uh, offensive line of the week. And uh, glad to announce right now that we just had Joe on the radio for Salt Fork. The Storm are going to be our offensive <laughs> line of the week this week. So congratulations to Salt Fork. We're going to recognize some Storm athletes, hopefully in studio, uh, next Wednesday. And uh, we'll just keep on keeping on. Have the U of I ROTC recognize these athletes and uh, all the great work they're doing in the trenches uh, because, you know, as, as Matt and I are aware and everybody else is aware, offensive linemen don't tend to get a lot of credit in the newspaper. Sometimes they're the best talkers on a team, though. That is absolutely true. Uh, that tends to happen quite a bit. I feel like, look at Illinois, guys like Alex Palchewski and Doug Kramer have kind of mm-hmm. proven that to be the case over the years. But let's go ahead and uh, jump into our top 10 countdown before we uh, get started or before we take our next break, I should say. Uh, Our number 10 team this week, it's the Danville Vikings. They managed to stay in the rankings because they played pretty competitively with uh, a really good Peoria team in Week 2 before suffering a 36-16 loss. Uh, Danville tries to get back on track with their first road game of the season at an improved Peoria manual team. And our number nine team is Iroquois West. The Raiders are 2-0. They uh, ran past Oakwood last week to jump back in our rankings. Try to keep it going this week against Georgetown on the road. And our number seven team this week is Tuscola. The Warriors, they are 2-0 as well. They have an interesting matchup in week three. They're going to visit Sullivan Okaw Valley, which is 2-0. A team that uh, hadn't won a game since 2016, and all of a sudden they are undefeated through two weeks. Uh, our number seven team this week, you can't discount the Unity Rockets, even though they lost their week one game. They bounced back really nicely against St. Joseph Ogden in week two, posted a 50-7 to victory that I was on the sidelines for. Uh, yeah, the Rockets just looked really dominant in that game, and uh, they're going to try to look dominant again in their home opener at Hicks Field against Chillicothe this week. And then our number six team, as we just mentioned with their coach, the Salt Fork Storm. Uh, the Storm looking at a 2-0 record and a home game against Seneca in Week 3. And that's all we got before our next break. I didn't know if you wanted to weigh in at all, no, Matt, on I'm any good. of those five <laughs> rankings. Yeah. Jim, back in the day, would usually just tell me how the bad rankings. the rankings were, so yeah. I was kind of like waiting for no, that a little it, bit. It, it's all solid. It's, it's <laughs> the first two weeks of the season, so your teams are still trying to figure out where they are in, in the pecking order, and, and we are as well. I think, obviously... We have a clear-cut number of teams at the top of our rankings, but kind of six through ten spots are kind of interchangeable right now. It's basically a who out, who goes out and performs well on, on Friday nights or Saturday afternoons in the case of Salt Fork. So we'll, right. we'll see what happens this week in week three. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and take our second break here on the Surf Pro Prep Football Confidential powered by U of I Army ROTC. When we come back, we'll be joined by Paxton Buckley-Loda football coach Josh Pritchard. 
If you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to start your journey than at the University of Illinois Army ROTC program. Whether your goal is to cure deadly diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventure across the globe, Army ROTC can help make your goals a reality. Become a leader and serve your country, all without sacrificing your college experience. Students who enroll in Army ROTC are eligible for merit-based scholarships, tuition waivers, plus a monthly stipend for personal expenses. Visit publish.illinois.edu to learn more about the University of Illinois Army ROTC. This week's Serve Pro Champagne and Vermillion County High School Prep Football Confidential continues now on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5, powered by the Fighting Illini Army ROTC at the University of Illinois. 614, welcome back to the Surf Pro Prep Football Confidential Show powered by U of I Army ROTC. I am Colin Likas with Matt Daniels and Kathy Reiser. You're with us for another 45 minutes or so. Plenty more prep football to talk about. Uh, of course, we'll make mention as Joey Wright, the disembodied voice of Joey Wright, said our, our next uh, News Gazette Game of the Week on the radio coming on Friday night in Villa Grove when the Blue Devils host Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond in what projects as an intriguing Lincoln Prairie Conference game. You can see Illini commit Caden Fagan, and you can find out who the News Gazette staff picked to win that game <laughs> in tomorrow's paper as that's one of the ten games that go into our weekly predictions. It's Matt, who did you pick? <laughs> uh, I, think, I think I'm going with Villa Grove. I did too. Going, uh, I was copying Collins' picks after he went 10-0 and 0 last week. I disagreed on a few, but uh, <laughs> I like what Heath Wilson's program can do, and uh, if this podcast find, if this show and, and podcast find its way down to Arthur, I'm sure the Knights will have some, some bulletin board material, but it's pretty split among our panels, mm-hmm. not uh, yep. lopsided by any means, so looking forward to that game. Yeah, one game that we didn't pick this week, although that's probably would have made for some interesting picking, is Salt Fork against Seneca. Both of those teams 2-0 and to start the season. Uh, should be a really interesting Saturday game in a Vermilion Valley Conference crossover, and we are joined now by one of the coaches who will be on the sidelines for those games, Storm Coach Joe Hagman, who, as I said, their team is 2-0, and coming off a win last week over Moments, 42-7. to Joe, thanks so much for being part of the show this week. Thank you, Colin. Appreciate it. I know when you guys came in for our media days uh, early last month, uh, we talked about the expectations for this team. The fact that you guys are off to a 2-0 start, but also you've uh, racked up 90 points in those two games. You've allowed a total of uh, 26 points defensively. Is this about as good as you expected, or is there more on the table for this group? Uh, You know, I've been real pleased with how we started. Um, You know, I think... uh, uh, you know, offensively, we just had to replace a few bodies up front and, and get the offensive line gelled together. And, you know, defensively, we brought back um, a lot of players on defense. Um, and so, you know, I, I kind of felt like we should be pretty good on that side of the ball. Um, I think um, I think if our kids will keep working, I, 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 think they're, they're, I think there's some room for improvement. But we're definitely off to a good start. And like I said, for the first two games of the year, I'm very pleased with the way we played. Joe, who wins in a 40-yard dash? You or one of your running backs? (laughs) (laughs) Them every day of the week. (laughs) (laughs) How nice is it to have just the speed you have there and Ben Jessup, Ethan McClain, others that that you can, uh, you know, hand the ball off to? Uh, you know, it's a huge difference maker. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, obviously certainly it's something that, uh, you know, is not a, not, not something we're, we're coaching, you know, they were, they came in that way and, and you know, and they can uh, they can take uh, a simple play and turn it into a big play. And as a as you know, as a play caller, it's a great luxury to have. 
Uh, sticking with the offensive side of the ball, Jamison Remley, your starting quarterback this year, um, hasn't had to throw the ball a ton, but the fact that he's 5 of 7 for 132 and two touchdowns through two games, I mean, this just bodes well, I feel like, down the line. I know you're going to probably want to lean into that running attack, especially with how talented those running backs are for you guys, but... Uh, Jamison seems like the type of kid who, if you guys get in a spot where the run game is struggling to get going, he can make some things happen with the receivers like Garrett Taylor, Ethan McLean, and Braden Maskell. Uh, Jamison, Jamison is a is a has really good arm talent. Uh, you know, as a sophomore, um, we were interested to see how he would handle you know the the pressure playing you know varsity football, and he has uh, you know definitely exceeded expectations in the first two games. Uh, you know, the nice thing when you have a good staple of running backs when you have a young quarterback is you can protect him a little bit early and, you know, set up play action so his his throws are just, you know, that much easier early in the season, get him a little confidence. And, you know, I think as Jameson continues to play and, and grow into that position, um, you know, our ability to throw the ball will only, I think, increase as we move forward. Joe, how important was it for you guys to get off to such a great start last Friday night at Momenshi, come away with a 42-7 win, and I believe it was 34-0 uh, late in the first quarter. Just what did that able to do just to maybe rest some of your starters and I'm sure have just a, a happy bus ride back to uh, to Catlin? Well, you know, when we talked to the kids about, you know, uh, dealing with the road trip, um, you know, we, we didn't fare very well with those at the end of last year. And so, you know, we kind of challenged them a little bit, headed up there and, you know, to, to come off the bus ready to play and to get off to a good start and, and you know I'll give uh, I'll give our kids a lot of credit they met that challenge and and I would say exceeded you know our expectations as far as getting off to a good start but yeah it's it's it was great to see and like I said it, it was nice to be able to a get some of the older kids off field and let them rest a little bit and also get some of the young kids that you know just have to practice a lot and don't get to play a ton on Friday or Saturday night to, you know get them out there and let them play a little bit. Talking with Salt Fork football coach Joe Hagman. And uh, Joe, one guy I mentioned as a receiving option for Jamison Remley, of course, is Garrett Taylor, uh, the individual who I'm sure terrifies opposing <laughs> defenses as a tight end and then terrifies opposing offenses as a linebacker. 6'6, 255, two time shot put state champion. Master of the amazing sunburn that the, we saw. The, gnarly, the gnarliest sunburn I think we've ever seen from State Track. Yeah. From Garrett Taylor. Just, just an all-around tough kid. Really nice kid, but really tough, physical, athletic kid. To have a kid like that at your disposal, I know you have a lot of good athletes on this team, but to have a kid like that who is just so dynamic as an athlete, how much of a game-changer is he for Salt Fork football? Oh, you know, it's huge. I mean, you know, like I said, you know, offensively, he presents a, a huge target. He's, you know, he's a matchup problem in, you know, 1A football because of his size and his athleticism to catch the ball. And then, you know, when you turn it around to the other side, he's a, you know, he's a, he's a hard, he's a hard kid to get blocked because of his size and his wingspan. Um, and, you know, he, uh, you definitely see in him, he, you know, he's the youngest of three brothers and you can see, you know, that, you know, that competitive drive in the family. And, you know, he, you can tell that maybe growing up that, uh, when he wasn't always the biggest, maybe he got he got the the short end of the stick a little bit, and he's uh, he's definitely uh, making up for that now. Well, Joe, you guys host Seneca this this Saturday at, at one p.m. in, in Catlin. I already had a Saturday game uh, in in your Week One game against Dwight, a forty-eight thirteen win for for you in the Storm. Four Saturday games this fall. I guess what do you and the coaches do on Friday nights when you guys play Saturday, and what's that like having so many Saturday games? 
Well, you know, it's definitely odd, um, you know, because of the you no know, school and no routine. So, um, you know, on a typical Friday, we'll uh, we'll have practice. We'll get the kids together and have a team meal. And then mm-hmm. we normally try to go to find some place to scout. But um, this Friday, we're actually going to have a – we're having our second – uh, evening of K four flag football, so we got about seventy five nice. kindergartners through fourth graders coming out to the high school football field. We're going to flip on the lights and let them run around, and play a little flag football under the lights with the high school kids. Gotcha. What is that like too? Just having four Saturday games. Just the uh, uh, obviously once the playoffs roll around, that's when the majority of the games are. But I'm I'm sure that's just an adjustment for for you and the players all. It is. You know. I mean. I think. Uh, you know. You know, I, I think you know when you when you grow up and you think about football and high school football, you think about Friday nights and Friday night lights and playing under the lights and you know, and having to make that adjustment to Saturday. You know, is is definitely is definitely hard. You know, hard for the kids. I mean, I think they enjoy the Friday nights. Um, and obviously, early in the year, you know, one of the things uh, from a coaching standpoint that always is a concern is is how much hotter is it going to be mm-hmm. on Saturday at noon or one o'clock as opposed to seven o'clock in the evening when the sun's starting to go down and so you know making sure your kids are prepared to you know battle through the heat situations also is, a, is another challenge it presents that mm-hmm. early in the year and just looking at your opponent across the field for that game joe's a seneca team that sounds to be highly improved i was told coming into the season to kind of expect them to be a team to watch for in that vvc north conference and so far they've kind of lived up to that billing uh you guys had a pretty good run of things going in the vvc north last year I'm uh, pretty sure you finished undefeated in the VVC North games, if I'm not mistaken. But what do you know about this Seneca team, and what's kind of the game plan for trying to slow them down? Um, you know, they they are. You know, they they played a bunch of young kids last year. It was it was a very sophomore and junior laden team. They're a T formation. You know, kind of almost foot to foot, old school type football team. And you know what they run is is uh, you know is is not overly complicated but man they, they're well coached and they run it really well offensively and it's they hide the ball it's hard to find the ball um you know i think the quarterback they have coming back is is one of the best we'll see all year uh, as far as not only his ability to handle the ball but just his overall athleticism they're a year bigger and stronger up front um you know i think the biggest difference last year was we scored right before half got a kickoff start second half kind of expanded into a two touchdown lead and then actually forced a fumble on the ensuing kickoff and got, you know, got away from them a little bit and tried to, and that forced them offensively maybe into doing things that they're not as comfortable doing. But, you know, that's a, that's a really talented football team. I, you know, I really, I really think that's a 3A, fo- 3A playoff football team come the end of the year. And, and I kind of agree. I mean, I think that, you know, they definitely are a threat to win the Northern half of that conference. So, you know, like I said, it's a, it'll be a, I think it'll be a great high school football game Saturday. Obviously, coaching runs in your family, Joe. Just how much fun are you having with your dad, Spud, still uh, associated with Salt Fork football? Uh, you know, it, it's it's. Uh, Does he give the head coach any it's... grief at all? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he yeah, no, he doesn't. He's pretty good. Uh, no, he uh, he always offers advice, but ne- never too much grief. Uh, you know, it's just what what a great experience to be able to you know to be able to coach with my dad still and you know how long he's been doing it and you know it's amazing to see uh, you know here's a guy who's 53 years on the sidelines and you know the, our, our kids have treat him with the utmost respect and when he speaks they listen and you know it's just uh it's it's personally it's it's very satisfying but you know 
for him, I know that how much he enjoys being around the kids and being out there. And like I said, if you know, if you think about 53 years, it's kind of amazing to think about somebody being in one place that long and doing something that long. Joe Higman, Salt Fork football coach. You can catch his team in week three on Saturday afternoon, 1 p.m. in Catlin against Seneca. Joe, thanks again for making some time, and good luck to you and the boys on Saturday afternoon. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it very much, Colin. You have a good day. Yeah, you too, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Bye now. Well, uh, Salt Fork just might check in in the first half of our top ten countdown this week, which we'll go ahead and dive into before we take our next break. Uh, just looking outside, I just saw some Tuscola offensive linemen come in. and uh, not going to have them on the radio tonight, but they were the honorees last week as our uh, offensive line of the week. And uh, glad to announce right now that we just had Joe on the radio for Salt Fork. The Storm are going to be our offensive <laughs> line of the week this week. So congratulations to Salt Fork. We're going to recognize some Storm athletes, hopefully in studio, uh, next Wednesday. And uh, we'll just keep on keeping on. Have the U of I ROTC recognize these athletes and uh, all the great work they're doing in the trenches uh, because, you know, as, as Matt and I are aware and everybody else is aware, offensive linemen don't tend to get a lot of credit in the newspaper. Sometimes they're the best talkers on a team, though. That is absolutely true. Uh, that tends to happen quite a bit. I feel like, look at Illinois, guys like Alex Palchewski and Doug Kramer have kind of mm-hmm. proven that to be the case over the years. But let's go ahead and uh, jump into our top 10 countdown before we uh, get started or before we take our next break, I should say. Uh, Our number 10 team this week, it's the Danville Vikings. They managed to stay in the rankings because they played pretty competitively with uh, a really good Peoria team in Week 2 before suffering a 36-16 loss. Uh, Danville tries to get back on track with their first road game of the season at an improved Peoria manual team. And our number nine team is Iroquois West. The Raiders are 2-0. They uh, ran past Oakwood last week to jump back in our rankings. Try to keep it going this week against Georgetown on the road. And our number seven team this week is Tuscola. The Warriors, they are 2-0 as well. They have an interesting matchup in week three. They're going to visit Sullivan Okaw Valley, which is 2-0. Team that uh, hadn't won a game since 2016, and all of a sudden they are undefeated through two weeks. Uh, our number seven team this week, you can't discount the Unity Rockets, even though they lost their week one game. They bounced back really nicely against St. Joseph Ogden in week two, posted a 50-7 to victory that I was on the sidelines for. Uh, yeah, the Rockets just looked really dominant in that game, and uh, they're going to try to look dominant again in their home opener at Hicks Field against Chillicothe this week. And then our number six team, as we just mentioned with their coach, the Salt Fork Storm. Uh, the Storm looking at a 2-0 record and a home game against Seneca in Week 3. And that's all we got before our next break. I didn't know if you wanted to weigh in at all, no, Matt, I'm on good. any of those five <laughs> rankings. Yeah. Jim, back in the day, would usually just tell me how the bad rankings. the rankings were, so yeah. I was kind of like waiting for no, that a little it, bit. It, it's all solid. It's, it's <laughs> the first two weeks of the season, so your teams are still trying to figure out where they are in, in the pecking order, and, and we are as well. I think, obviously... We have a clear-cut number of teams at the top of our rankings, but kind of six through ten spots are kind of interchangeable right now. It's basically a who out, who goes out and performs well on, on Friday nights or Saturday afternoons in the case of Salt Fork. So we'll, right. we'll see what happens this week in week three. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and take our second break here on the Surf Pro Prep Football Confidential powered by U of I Army ROTC. When we come back, we'll be joined by Paxton buckley Loda football coach Josh Pritchard. <laughs> Yeah, 
It is 644, and we are back with the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show, powered by U of I Army ROTC. I am Colin Likas with Matt Daniels and Kathy Reiser. You are with us for the last 15 minutes here as we talk a little bit more high school football going into week three of the regular season. It's been a great two weeks so far, and we're not quite done yet preparing for week three. We just had three Centennial football players join us in studio, and we are going to hear from the three of them very shortly. But before that, we're going to finish our top ten countdown for this week. You the countdown, Colin. <laughs> you have to have Centennial in this part of the countdown, Colin, because there's, uh, I, there's I do. Three chargers in here that uh, I think could tackle all of us. That's right, and I planned I planned accordingly, so uh, to to make sure they didn't tackle me. That was that was the hope. Uh, let's go ahead and run it down here. We already had our 10 through 6. As a reminder, that was Danville, Iroquois West, Tuscola, Unity, and Salt Fork. Checking in at number 5, it's the Bismarck, Henning, Rossville, Alvin, Blue Devils. They are 2-0, and have romped past both of their opponents, and we'll try to do the same to Watsika in Week 3 on the road. Our number 4 team this week is the Paxton Buckley Lota Panthers. You just heard from Coach Josh Pritchard. His team also 2-0, and hosting Bloomington Central Catholic on Friday. Our number three team, we heard a little bit about them earlier on. It's the Prairie Central Hawks. Prairie Central's 2-0. They knocked off Pontiac, scoring 55 points last week. They're going to host St. Joseph Ogden over in Fairbury in week three. That should be an interesting game. Our number two team this week got their athletes in studio. It's the Centennial Chargers. They are 2-0. They defeated Peoria Manuel 69-20 last week over at Tommy Stewart Field. So we'll hear a fair amount about that coming up here. They're going to be hosting Peoria Richwoods at the same location this coming Friday night. And our number one team remaining at number one once again is the Muhammad Seymour Bulldogs. Bulldogs sitting at 2-0. They defeated Effingham 35-14 in Apollo Conference play last week. And they'll try to stay perfect with their toughest test yet when they go to Mount Zion on Friday for a Week 3 game. So that's our top ten. You can read a little bit more in Thursday's News Gazette about why exactly each of those teams is ranked where they are. And uh, you can always call in or email in to debate with us about why the teams ended up where they are. Well, uh, Centennial, probably pretty happy with the number two spot, but they want to get to number one still for sure. And we're joined by three athletes who are going to be part of making that happen. Donovan Chambers, Jacob Bailey, and Joel Myrick. Guys, thank you for joining me in studio today. No problem. And uh, Donovan, I'm going to lead off with you. All Just right. uh, 69 to 20. I mean, you're six, I mean the the score. It, it feels yeah. like you know it was a blowout the whole way, yeah. but you're down 20 to 14, and then 55 consecutive points. Did you guys believe you had something like that in you? Uh, nah. Just being out there on the field, uh, most of those downs out there, it was definitely uh, sort of a stall at that moment when we went down 20 to 14. We all had a moment where doubt crept in and once you do that you're not only hurting yourself but you're helping out the other team and so there was um we kind of went back on kickoff had had a good play but then we had a flag take us back down within a 10. uh very next play on offense kellen davis our quarterback threw a good route a uh, good pass to me right over the db i was able to score a touchdown and from there we just kept rolling got a lot of um turnovers on special teams turnovers on defense was able to make it happen and score i think eight times in, in like nine minutes or something like that. So, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a big turnover. That's absolutely crazy. Just uh, the logistics of that almost seems impossible, but you guys managed to pull it off. Uh, Jacob, I mean, not that long ago, we were talking about this team 
giving up 96 points to Peoria in a game, and now you guys are the ones hanging 70 points on a team from Peoria. How exciting has it been to be part of a turnaround that's been just as rapid as this one has been under Coach Kyle Jackson? Uh, it definitely feels good to be able to turn around the organization and be like having that much confidence now because it's kind of hard to be one of the worst teams in a conference, and it feels good to finally be on top. Good athletes on our team, a lot of confidence in my team. You know, we got good coaching staff, so it just it's a big turnaround for us. Absolutely. And uh, Joel, speaking of turnarounds, you guys played a Peoria Manual team in week two that I think a lot of people, when they hear Peoria Manual football, they think, yeah, oh, they're probably not doing very well. That's just kind of the way they've been the last few years. But they showed in that game, at least early on, that they, they they're a team to to reckon with. How good did it make you feel to see you guys kind of respond to the way that they played, how well they were playing early on, and just said, you know what, we're putting our foot down, and we're going to show we're the better team here? Oh, well, first of all, we like to treat every game like this so our last, like mm-hmm. a playoff game. And uh, we just came out there, did our jobs, you know, like Donovan said, a little doubt did creep in, but Coach said before we even went out there that we are going to face a little bit of um, adversity, and we did that, and I think we responded pretty well to that. Well, absolutely. Donovan, sticking with the offensive side of the ball, I know you guys lost some some important playmakers from last season's team, but uh, overall um, just feels like you still have quite a few good playmakers on this team, among them guys like Brandon Harvey and yourself, also your new quarterback, yes, Kellen Davis, yes, like sir. you said. Uh, at this point, do you guys feel like you can just compete offensively with anyone, no matter the situation? Anybody, no matter the situation, no matter the place, no matter the time, it's just um – about telling ourselves that remind ourselves that um, Coach Fish, um, he makes it a point be better than the last day, and we have guys who might be playing opposition play a uh, position they've never played before. Vincent uh, Nugent, um, trying to remember, we got Anthony Caceres, just guys like that playing <clears throat> in situations they never played before, and mm-hmm. that that can be a scary thing. But we're able to uh, work as a unit and find that confidence within ourselves, and then now now we know nobody. Nobody can see us on our best day, so mm-hmm. sure. sure, sure, Jacob. Then going to the defensive side of the ball, that was kind of the rock of this team last season. I mean, you guys just shut teams down defensively. That's what happened when you guys uh, won your playoff game as a 14 seed last year. Uh, is this team even better defensively than it was last year? I mean, how, if you if you had to compare the two, I mean, how does this team look to what you guys did last year? Um, we definitely got a stronger run game or run defense. I feel like. We were miss we missed a lot of our mm-hmm. DBs so far. We had three starting seniors who we lost last year, but I would say we definitely can cover the field just as well. We lost Braylon Peacock; he was a big factor, but we got Don Terrell, who's able to come down, use his weight against other linebacker or other linemen, and hold hold his own. So I feel like they might have the advantage on us with experience but I feel like we are still I'll take my team I'll take this year over the last year I like that confidence and Joel not to leave out the the third party here the special teams I watched a a video you guys blocking a punt against Peoria Emanuel I mean it's pretty clear that you guys take pride in all three phases of this game Uh, how much does coach Jackson and the rest of the staff hype up the importance of special teams because it's obvious based on that block punt alone you guys take a lot of pride in it well, special teams, that's where you set the tone. And, you know, you got to play hard on every – wherever it's at, offense, defense, special teams. And 
you know, me as being returning, I did not expect that. Mm-hmm. But man, when that happened, you know, I felt like I felt like I scored myself. So, <laughs> you know, it's just great having everybody go out there, play hard. You know, we just set the tone, and that goes on for the rest of the game, and that carries on. So, yeah. Talking with Centennial football players Donovan Chambers, Jacob Bailey, and Joel Myrick, and Donovan, I feel like one thing we uh, have kind of seen with this Centennial football team. Is there? There's a lot of swagger around it. There's a lot of hype around it. I mean, you guys got new uniforms this season. Yeah. You guys have the turnover chain on the sideline with the big Centennial C around it. Uh, the, to to have this swagger, how 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 much do you guys identify with that? How how important is it to have kind of that identity to know that you're? It's not cockiness. It's confidence right. in your in yourself. All right. Well, I'll tell you, it's um, it's not something that's necessarily new. It's just mm-hmm. something we had to get comfortable with and. It's, you were right about that kind of thin line between cocky and confident. And it's taken us since my freshman year with all this new coaching staff to really learn that line and learn what we fit in and what we're good at and what um, what works and what doesn't. I say me personally, from my freshman year, just having Coach Jackson as my coach whole time from my very first down to um, whatever week we have next is seeing um, him bring in new coaches and make – um, adjustments to where it needs to be and just being flexible with relying on other coaches allowing them to make uh, big decisions and uh, allow them to be comfortable as well and that's the most important thing when everybody is comfortable and knows their role and is able to just bring in um, things like the turnover chain uh, we we added something new we have a point system so whoever has the most points at the end of the week that person gets the turnover chain for the week just little things like that there is fun but we don't take it as a distraction. We take it as part of a, part of the hard work and um, part of the winning as well. Who took uh, Who took the most points last week for the turnover chain? Man, um, it wasn't me, so I don't want to talk about it. But um, <laughs> it might have been Kodiak Pruitt. I think that might have been. Answer. Okay, <laughs> good. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> Jacob, uh, just seeing Coach Jackson instill tradition in this team as well, and getting that that pride back up in Centennial football. Do you kind of feel it around the school as well? Like, I, I know there's a lot of sports and a lot of things that people can be doing at Centennial High School, but do you have people stopping you in the hallway, asking you how the team's doing, and just showing that they, they care about what you guys are, are doing on the field? Uh, most definitely. A lot of my teachers, they always ask me about the games, I always ask them if they're going to show up. They, <laughs> I mostly get the answer of yes. <laughs> but yeah, I have a lot of a lot of classmates that ask me how I did, how's the team going, like how the jerseys feel. It's just like always ask me what's the theme for the game. They're always trying to show love, and it feels good, you know. So. Yeah, I definitely feel the the love for the game at my school. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You gotta you gotta make sure those are all yes responses though yeah. by the end of the year, right? Definitely. Yeah. And Joel, just speaking of being at home right now, you guys opened the season with a really long road trip to Proviso East, obviously. But you were at home against uh, Pure Emanuel. You're going to be at home against Richwoods. Week four is technically a road game against Champaign Central but obviously it's at Tommy Stewart Field and then week five you're, you're at home against Danville just how important is this stretch of games for you guys because you want to make it back to the playoffs you have big expectations getting a, get, getting the job done at home is, is important to you guys I mean I think playing at home is a big confidence boost as far as uh, for me I think it's a big confidence boost because just seeing you know just seeing all the people in the stands you know it's just it brings up the tempo for us. It makes us play a little bit harder, but, you know, uh, we have a decent student section that, you know, brings that energy. So when we go out there, that just makes us, you know, play a little bit harder and everything. So. Sure. 
I'll ask each one of you this, Donovan. What's your favorite thing about Centennial football at this point in time? It's got to be the the expectations. Just how like each and every day your your best is expected of you, and you're held accountable. And just if you approach that the wrong way, that can be a bad thing. If you if you don't want to work hard, that can be a bad thing. But luckily, we get everybody on the same page and just the level that we play at and that is expected of us. That's my favorite part. Sure, and Jacob. How about you? I'll definitely say my teammates because feels like a second family everyone shares everything it's just like the locker room definitely feels like a second home you know we are always trying to keep our heads up at halftime even if some something doesn't go right it's just definitely got to be my teammates because I couldn't I couldn't go that far without them they're always trying to always got my back Joel, you got anything to add on that front? Uh, ever since I stepped foot at Centennial, I've, I've always felt like family to me. I mean, it, coaches, the teammates, some of these guys have been playing with since like middle school. They just, those are my brothers. These are my family. Um, I just love this school, this program, and everything about it here. All right, guys, who's winning? Uh, who's winning the week three game between you guys and Richwoods? Mm. Come on, you already know the answer. willing. Yeah, I just wanted to test and see see if you guys had confidence. <laughs> Obviously, you do. So always, so always. good. I, I don't think Coach Jackson would have sent you guys over if you weren't confident in your guys' <laughs> no, ability no, no, to win no. the game. <laughs> Donovan Chambers, Jacob Bailey, and Joel Myrick. As I said, you can catch them at 7 p.m. on Friday night. They're going to be at Tommy Stewart Field hosting Peoria Richwoods, their second consecutive game against the Peoria School, trying to move to 3-0 and before the big game against Central in Week 4. Guys, thanks again for making the short trip over, and good luck on Friday night. Appreciate thank it. You. Yeah, thank you. And we will uh, wrap up the show here. Thank you all for tuning in today on the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential Show powered by the U of I Army ROTC. Uh, as we mentioned earlier on in the show, we are going to have our News Gazette Game of the Week coming up here on Friday. Myself and Joey Wright will be live from Villa Grove with the Blue Devils hosting Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond in a Lincoln Prairie Conference game. So we're really looking forward to that. And then in week four, we're going to have Central and Centennial as our, or Centennial Central, depending on who you ask, uh, as our game of the week. I believe that call will be handled by Joey Wright and Scott Beatty, uh, possibly putting me on the sideline for that game where ultimately everybody wants me, I'm sure, so they can probably tackle me or something like that. Colin, you uh, you do a great job on radio. Don't sell yourself short. Appreciate that. Matt Daniels. Kathy Reiser, thank you both for filling in tonight on the show. You just followed your lead, Colin. <laughs> Something like that. And thank you all for joining us. Come back here next week, 6 p.m. Be sure to join us for another hour of high school football coverage. We'll see you then.